Welcome to Brad Tuttle Ministries Podcast, a place to be inspired and encouraged to live your life all out for Christ. Here are your podcast hosts, Brad and Jana Tuttle. Hello, everyone. It's Brad and Jana. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Brad Tuttle Ministries podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. <laughs> um, today we have an incredible podcast for you. I, I think I always say that because I, I truly love every podcast that we do. But today uh, we wanted to talk about a message that uh, Brad brought forth yesterday at church. And the title of it was The Cancer of Compromise. And uh, being someone in the church, not just married to the pastor, but also just being someone in the congregation, this message, y'all, is one of those messages that I feel every believer needs to hear. It is something that um, challenges you, convicts you. It was so life-changing that we wanted to discuss it today with you and just talk about the definition of compromise, um, kind of the context of of the scriptures that we're going to be bringing in today. And uh, we live in a society where compromise seems to be the norm. Um, you know, in all of our lives, uh, there, there are many different areas of compromise. Uh, whether it's lukewarm, being lukewarm in our Christian walk, um, whatever area it is, today I believe is truly going to help you. And something that I also want to just uh, encourage you in is when the Word of God is being brought forth, uh, the Scripture says that it comes, it cut, it divides, it will expose, it will convict. And that's what the Word is has been designed to do in our lives. So when you are feeling conviction, and I I started thinking about this yesterday, that there are so many different people in their um, different phases in their walk with Christ. Some might be infants. They've just come to Christ, and they might not understand really what conviction totally is or feels like. So I just wanted to say as Brad and I are discussing compromise, um, and it being a cancer, it spreads very fast throughout our life. It can spread throughout our family and our church family. Um, I wanted to just bring this to the forefront, that if you start feeling that little in your heart, your spirit, there's areas where the Holy Spirit's going to be bringing to your, to your attention, maybe in your life, that is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we're to yield to that. We're to um, heed his voice and then repent and turn from that. So we want to encourage you today, what you're about to listen to, that it will it will bring truth to you. And in that truth, you will be liberated. You will make adjustments when you need to make an adjustment and you will move forward. So, honey, you want to go ahead? Yeah, you know, one thing I, I, I thought I needed to tell everybody is that the actual sermon that uh, I preached will be online at our church website, The Harvest Church, The, you have to have that The in there, www.theharvestchurchinternational.com under sermons. It's going to be up there by, you know, by this afternoon. 
cancer of compromise. So you can hear it in a preached sense. But again, as my wife said, we want to talk about it today. Um, one of the things I told him yesterday, and, it, and it's interesting to note, is that the, the, the definition of compromise, Webster uses one positive aspect of it, and it says compromise is the settlement of differences by consent reached by mutual concessions. Where can we find compromise really working? Well, like I, you know, in each marriage, there's compromising. It's not we're trying to hold on to our ground. We, you know, we give up ground or whatever, however you want to put it. We, we have uh, a settlement of differences by consent. We compromise with each other in a, let's say, a marriage relationship. So that's a sign of maturity for someone who can, in that, in that vein, can compromise, can come to a compromise to make, to bring peace into that. But Webster's also has a second definition that has a darker side. Uh, it's compromise. It says to make a shameful or disreputable concession. In other words, when we compromise our values, we compromise our morals, our biblical values, our biblical morals, our ethics, or character, we lose integrity and we lose self-respect and we always get dirty. Um, simple illustration, you put a pair of white gloves on and go play in a mud puddle, the gloves are always going to get dirty. So you mess around with things that are not what you're supposed to be messing around or let things into your life, you're going to get dirty. You can't live even as a believer in compromise and not get dirty. So that's what we want to really encourage people and, and challenge you in today is that this is for everybody. Um, and the example that I used yesterday was the Church of Pergamum. I took them into the book of Revelation. We went into Revelation chapter 2 and we read verses 12 through 17. And I'll read that to you right now. We'll kind of look at that and Jan and I will go back and forth. But this is Jesus giving these instructions. In the book of, of the Revelation, there were seven letters written to seven churches. And what we all need to know is those churches represent church, all the churches. They represent the different types of churches today. Um, interesting to note that the smallest church was the one that Jesus had the least things against. So that tells you something. Um, Revelation 2, 12 through 17. He was dealing with the church at Pergamum. Um, he had dealt with already with the church at Ephesus. And the church at Ephesus was strong. It was He, he commended them for their strength, for their discernment, for their orthodoxy and the way they taught. But... What he had against them was they lost their love for Jesus and for each other. So, in other words, you can do good things in a church and be busy and be about a lot of programs, but you can do it without loving Jesus, and that's what we got to watch. Revelation two twelve through seventeen says, "And to the church, and to the angel, which would be rep, which would be the pastor of the church in Pergamum, write." And this is what Jesus said: "The words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword." That's Christ. Quote. Jesus once these words said, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Mm. You hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness. Mm. He was a martyr. He was martyred for Christ's sake. Mm. Says, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So Jesus was commending this pastor, probably the pastor of the church, for standing up for Christ and actually being martyred for it. Verse 14 says, but I have a few things against you. So he commended them on them on their being in the midst of a very demonic area, a very pagan area. This was a place of great pagan worship, cult worship all around. But he commended them that as a church, they didn't run. It's not, we, we're not supposed to give in as Christians. We're supposed to have conquest. We're supposed to take ground. So in the middle of this pagan area that this little, this church sat there and he commended them for staying there, being strong and not trying to run away. 
And then verse 14, but I have a few things against you. You, you have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and sexual immorality. Verse 15, so also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, he says in verse 15, now he brings what they need to do. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. So again, he's saying, I'm commending you for what you're doing in the midst of this terrible, this really pagan area. You're not trying to escape. You're there to conquest. You're there to conquer things. But what I have against you is this. And what he was saying, what the teaching of Balaam and the teaching of the Nicolaitans is representing is that there were people, although there were people in the church who were living right, there were many in the church who were living wrong. They were compromising. Mm -hmm. They were teaching. They were holding to. They were uniting with Moabite gods. Um, and when they began to compromise, and here's one of the things he had against the church, they were in the church compromising, and the church wasn't doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. They weren't preached on. They weren't They weren't. They weren't dealt with. And this, when a church allows sin to sit in the middle of it and compromise, let's just be real. If you're compromising, you're sinning. So for a church to let compromise come into their church and do nothing about it, what it does and what it did here is it brought in perversion. I've seen this in churches before. It brought in fornication, brought in idolatrous feasts into this church. And many, many left the worship of, of Jehovah God for Moabite gods. So this cancer of compromise, when we compromise our values, biblical values, biblical standards, biblical morals, this cancer of compromise can mess up a whole church, but not just the church. The church is made up of people. It can mess up the people because I guarantee you, if it starts wherever it starts and it's not dealt with, it's going to begin to spread. Mm. And the more we compromise, the less effective we are to reach people that are outside the church. Because we come to church to glorify and honor and worship God, to hear the word, to be built up, to be strengthened, to then be able to be more effective when we go outside the walls of the church to those who desperately need Christ yes. and desperately need to be around people that have been truly changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So someone said, and I, and I said this to him yesterday, you know, today we have gender correct Bibles, we have politically correct Bibles, and now we have this gospel now that, that, that uh, says adopt any lifestyle you want to live, God's going to make everything all right in the end, do whatever you want because God wants you to be happy, what's wrong with little compromise, society's values aren't so bad, everyone's doing it, God understands all those sex drives, listen, this is the mud talking to the white glove. The cancer of compromise, it can happen in any person and it can happen in any church. And Jesus is telling us that we can't let ourselves, can't let people in the church be comfortable in it. And we, for all of us that are listening, we cannot be comfortable in our compromise. It will, it will, it will ruin, it will it completely affect us. It'll work its way in there. And, and before I turn it over to my wife real quick, let me say this, our Balaam today, is in our modern day culture, it's our media, mm. it's our news outlets, news outlets, it's our TV, it's our movies, celebrities. They're all tempting us, yes. adults and youth, to compromise our biblical belief system and worldview by mingling it with worldly thinking. 
And this is what we have to fight against individually and in the church to keep ourselves from compromising our biblical belief system and our biblical morals and biblical standards. It's so vitally important to deal with the cancer of compromise. You know, what Brad just said is so powerful. Um, you know, I, I want to just hit this point again that as you're listening to this, I, I truly believe the Holy Spirit's working on you, that you know areas that you are compromising in. And, you know, the great thing about our holy God is he said that if we ask for forgiveness, we repent, which means to to ask for forgiveness, to turn and do it no more. Change of mind, which will then lead to a change of actions. That's powerful, yes. Um, it says, as far as the east is from the west, he chooses to not remember our sins anymore. He, You know, God's omniscient. He's all-knowing. But he, in his love for us, chooses not to bring that up again. But um, we can repent we can turn and repent is true heartfelt, not just, oh, I'm sorry I got caught, <laughs> but I am so sorry, God, that I, that I sinned before you. And um, I, I just thought about Joseph, Joseph in the Bible. Um, it's in Genesis. The story of Joseph, uh, he was sold into slavery through his brothers. His brothers were jealous of him. But God's hand was on Joseph, and, and Joseph knew the Lord, had a personal, intimate relationship with him. And Joseph was bought by Potiphar and brought into his home. And this is a beautiful example of compromise right here. And um, Potiphar's wife, I'm sure she was a beautiful woman. Uh, Potiphar was over the land, and so I'm sure his wife was one of the prettiest ladies in the land. Um, that's just... Uh, my commentary there, I don't know for a fact, but it said that she cast eyes on Joseph. The word says that Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. He was a young man and the hand of God was on his life. And so when she cast eyes on him, she wanted to uh, be with him intimately. And so she not only desired him, but she voiced it to him. And I thought about this young man. He has hormones. Um, Potiphar put him in charge of everything in Potiphar's household. So he was the man in charge. And he could have compromised his moral standards and beliefs. He could have said to himself, well, I've been put over this household, and so no one's ever going to know. And so I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, just go ahead and give in to his wife, Potiphar's wife. But it said that Joseph, that he said to her, you know, uh, how could I do this great sin against my God? So he first of all feared the Lord. And then he said, your husband has put me over everything in his household, everything I can partake of except you, his wife. So he brought that to her, probably hoping that she was going to snap out of this. But it said for day and night, she kept on, kept on trying to, to assuage him. But it said finally one day, 
she grabbed him mm. and she said, be with me. And it said that she that he left his coat there and he ran. He fleed, y'all. He got out of there, fled. <laughs> My husband's so cute. I said, fleed. And he, he's whispering, fled. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, honey. Um, but he fled. And he gave no place of compromise, y'all. No place. No room for the enemy. Because he understood something that not only did a holy God see everything and he was watching, but he feared the Lord. He honored the Lord. Mm. And he knew that if he would have given in, then his whole life would have taken a different direction. Because God, here's the thing, y'all. God is a holy God. God is a just God. God is a God also who loves his children. And there's reasons why there are... um, parameters set up that we are to live inside of these and it's the word of God it's for our own good it's for our own protection it's like a parent with their child if they see their child going up to a hot stove and about to touch it any good parent would scream out don't touch that because they don't want their child to be burned and to be scarred and so that's our loving God there's reasons why his word says don't do these certain things because he knows that the damage that sin will bring to our lives and the lives of others so joseph is a prime example that he chose not to compromise and you know what it cost him he was put in prison because she lied about him to potiphar and said that he tried to attack her so now his integrity is on the line but god in his sovereignty at the due time brought him out of prison and honored him set him in the land up above anyone and God had a purpose and he was wanting Joseph to be promoted to this position to be able to protect and save God's people in the land of drought so I just say to you it does not matter your age that you can live a life of no compromise, but you have to purpose it and you have to be planned and prepared. Amen. Um, that's powerful. Joseph <laughs> is such a great example of someone that, again, that could have could have done anything you wanted to do in that area and without anyone seeing it, but did not did not right. compromise. I wanted to read Psalms 119, Mm -hmm. 1 through 4 to you to just show you that God does not condone compromising his standards. Let me read this and let me listen to these words. It says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. That means who listen to the Lord, who are led by the, who um, go by the word of God. It says, Joyful are those who obey his laws. And search for him with all their hearts. See, we're being taught a lot in churches today that we don't have to necessarily obey. We kind of do what we want. God's there. He loves us. Everything's okay. It says, joyful are those who obey his laws mm. and search for him with all their hearts. It says, they do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Mm. So in other words... We are, not, we are not supposed to deviate from his standards. We're supposed to walk only in his path, follow yes. only his voice. Don't yield or permit or any deviation in our lives from his word. 
no compromising um, our lives according to worldly standards. We have to have an unswerving submission to him and to him only, regardless mm. of the world's concession to godless, godlessness. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing around us, whether they're unbelievers That's or right. believers. We need to stand true in God's word. And here's something that's really important. What does this mean to you? Let me give you four quick bullet points. Can I do this? Please. Four quick points. What does this mean to you? Number one, don't compromise your biblical values. Mm. Don't compromise your biblical values. And here's the thing. You need to saturate your mind with scriptures and live according to them. And if you don't know what biblical values are, you need to study the Word of God to learn what they are. Mm -hmm. And when you learn what they are, begin to teach others what they are, like we're trying to do with you right now. Yes. So we don't want compromise to sit comfortably in our life. We, we, we want to deal with it and not compromise our biblical values. Number two, we need to repent. We need to have a change of heart, which leads to a chain of, change of actions. If, there's, if we're still communing with spiritual corruption and we haven't separated from it, yes. um, we need to deal with that. We need to repent of that. We need to get that right before God. Get out that lukewarmness. Get it out of us. And number three, we need to be aware. We need to examine our life. It even says when we're taking communion to examine yourself. We're supposed to look at our life. Why? Because compromise usually starts small. Mm. It erodes slowly and always lowers the original standard. Compromise gets us dirty. It'll start small, it erodes slowly. That's why we gotta always mm. keep examining ourselves and always being aware of how we're living. Number four, we must not be afraid to stand for godly values in our personal life and in our church. Mm. We've gotta be willing to take a stand. We're living in a day where we cannot give in mm -hmm. to what the world wants us to do, but we have got to take a stand. I always tell our young people, we used to send some off to college yesterday, they've got to remain strong and they've got to take right. a stand for Christ. We cannot compromise. Again, the more we don't compromise, the stronger we are in Christ and the more effective we are in reaching people outside the church who don't know Jesus as their Savior. That's and that's right. the goal of all of this. You know, I thought of something when Brad just said that, you know, not compromising means not putting yourself in a place where it would be easy to compromise. Mm. You know, um, so many times I've even heard young people say, well, I don't drink, I don't party. I believe the biblical, you know, uh, truth and biblical way. But then they're invited to go to these parties in high school and college, and they end up going. And before they know it, they've, um, they took a drink or two or whatever, and they did things that they never would have done before. So I think it's important not even putting yourself in the path of compromise. Mm, absolutely. Remember, the cancer of compromise, just a little, can mess up the whole thing. It can mess up a church, and it can mess up your life. And I've seen people's lives in, in, in church, in church life, people who go to church, um, let compromise into their lives. I've seen it mess up a church. I've literally seen it infiltrate a church before. And we let it in there, and we let it in our individual lives. It'll start to get in, and again, if you let it in, it starts to erode slowly. And many people don't ever catch it, and it goes from eroding slowly and completely overtaking their life. And 
there's always going to be consequences for compromise. That's what Jesus said. If you don't repent, I'm going to come to you quickly and I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to chastise. I'm going to rebuke. I'm going to bring correction. So there's always going to be consequences to our disobedience. Right. There's always going to be consequences to our compromise. And we're saying all this today. We wanted to talk about it. It's not about getting on anybody because we're preaching to ourselves. Yes, we are. It's about trying to help people live all out for God so that your life can make a great difference in someone's life that you live around, That's whether right. it's your family, your friends, or whoever. Because the less compromise we live in, and when we are and we deal with it, Man, it enables us to walk in the full power of the Spirit and to be the people of God that God has called us to be. You know, I have a quick example. It's a true life story. And for some of y'all ladies out there, you're going to laugh because you're thinking, I've been there. So um, a couple of months ago, I was at Target and um, just getting groceries and some things. And uh, the, the sweet lady who was checking me out at the cash register um, she, I don't know what she did, but anyway, when she told me the total, I was thinking, was there a sale? Wow. I got all this for that amount. So as I, I went ahead and paid it. And as I was leaving about to leave the store, I, I looked over my receipt, which I always do. Cause ladies, you know, you want to make sure you didn't get overcharged for anything. And all of a sudden, I noticed that she did not charge me for um, these uh, several items that I got. And right then, I had the choice to compromise. Now, I'm going to be honest. At first, you think, glory, I just got blessed, Lord. You wouldn't have blessed me. You know, as I sow you, I am reaping. But then, of course, I'm thinking, no, because God doesn't go against his word. You know, he's not going to go against, you know, that's stealing. <laughs> and so I knew she messed up. And I'm going to be honest. I'm like, all of you ladies, I'm on a time frame. I'm thinking, oh, great. Now I have to get back in line. But you know what? I went ahead and did it. And I went to the lady and I said, ma'am, um, I, I don't think you charged me for these things. And you should have seen her face. And, I, I, and I'll be honest, part of me thought she's going to reward me for doing that and say, just take them. But she didn't. And it's okay. And I went ahead and I paid for them because I could not leave that because leave Target because I felt my integrity would have been compromised. So it's even in those small decisions like that. And so I know some of you are laughing because you have been there. I have. <laughs> Everybody, that's great. So this is our confession. Time. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope this has encouraged you, challenged yes. you. And listen, like Jana said, if sometimes we feel conviction, it's a good thing because okay. that's the Holy Spirit dealing with us saying you need to change in this area. So as we leave, is there anything in your life that's compromised? Are you compromising any area of your life, compromising your biblical standards, your biblical yes. values, morals, ethics? Is there anything you're compromising? allowing into your life to bring compromise, allowing that cancer of compromise to come in, whatever it is, I would suggest deal with that today. Take it before the Lord. Ask him to forgive you. Get into the word. Stand strong on it. And don't let it continue to affect your life. Amen. So I hope this has encouraged you. I hope this has blessed you. I hope this is uh, making you want to live all out for God. So we, we are so glad that you joined us today. 
And uh, we'll be bringing many more podcasts to you your way so you can be blessed and strengthened. So from myself and my beautiful wife. Everyone, we love you. And we're so glad that you tuned in and listened uh, to us today. Um, Again, do not compromise. God bless you. Have a great day and have a great rest (laughs) of the week. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. We pray that you were inspired and encouraged. And until next time, remember to live all out for Jesus Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.